If you will, this morning, turn with me to our text this morning, which will be found in Romans 8, verse 11. That's Romans 8, 11. It reads this way. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Let us pray. O Lord, how gracious and holy Thou art. We thank Thee, Lord, on this beautiful resurrection morning, that, Lord, that You have indeed resurrected, that, Lord, You are the Lord of life, You are the Lord of the living, You are the Lord of Thy people. And because of You, Lord, we have a complete salvation, bodily and in our soul. O Lord, impress upon us this day the gloriousness of Thy truth, the gloriousness of Thy gospel. And may You attend this time with power. And may You indeed reveal to us the power of Thy resurrection. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, indeed, He is not here, for He is risen. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Paul wrote that he had a fervent desire to have the power or to experience the power of the resurrection. He went on to say that he might attain to the resurrection of the dead. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning in our text because the text is one of the most clearest, one of the most simplest texts in the Word of God to understand. We like those texts that say, if this takes place, this takes place. And that's exactly what we have for us today. In our text, we have, if the Spirit of Him, that is the Father, that raised up Jesus from the dead, if He dwells in you, if you are in Christ, if Christ dwells in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead, shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. It is the assurance of the resurrection of our body. It is the assurance of complete salvation that is in Christ Jesus. That's what we come to celebrate today. The completion of the salvation that we have in Christ Jesus. Now this morning, as I said, we're going to back up a little bit and just start at the end of Romans 7 because Paul asked this question, a very important question. He asked the question, O wretched man that I am, this is in 7.24, and he says, Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Paul in Romans 7 who Paul's already regenerated, Paul already has spiritual life, Paul already has taken place, has taken part in the resurrection life of the Lord Jesus Christ. But Paul saw a struggle in himself. He saw a warfare that went on in his body. And that's what, that's what he, he t- tells us all through Romans 7 is a problem. And that's why when he comes to the end of Romans 7, he puts this question out in verse 24, O wretched man that I am. 
If we back up and we just start reading down in verse 18, Paul says, For I know that in me, and this is the this is the key to understanding resurrection life and the resurrection of the soul. If for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present within me. That will is the will to desire the Lord's presence. That will is to follow what he said in Romans 7, to do that which I know is good. That will is there. That is the seed of Christ that dwells within us. That is the new nature. That is Christ in us, the hope of glory. But how to perform that as he looks into his body, as he looks into himself, he says, how to perform that which is good, I find not. Paul, in this chapter, is being revealed the evilness of sin. And he's he's moaning and crying under the evilness of sin, and that's what brings us to this proclamation and question in 24. O wretched man that I am. But we'll get down there. For the good that I would, I don't do it. I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now I that do, now I do that I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. You know what that is? That's resurrection life. Revealing to Paul that it is sin in his mortal body. It is sin in his body that is doing the things that are contrary to to Christ in him, the hope of glory. It's the revelation of how evil sin is and how evil the sin is that, that, that makes our bodies break down every day. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. This is the revelation of the warfare. This is the revelation to Paul I, he understands where the evilness lies in the members of his body, in the flesh. And he says, even when I find, when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. I delight in the principle of God. I delight in everything about God. I delight in His Son, Jesus Christ. I see the resurrection of Christ. I behold the resurrection of Christ. I see what He's done for me in the inward man, in the new man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is my members. Now think about that. He sees this warfare going on. That's why he comes and he's brought to, to cry out, O wretched man that I am. I can't be spiritual. I can't be a follower of Christ my whole life, my whole day, my whole hour. I see a warfare going on. How wretched this body is. And who shall deliver me from the body of this death? That's our question today. Have we been delivered from this body of death? And when will that take place? And what has the Lord even made provision for that? Has He? 
That's what Paul wants to know. But Paul quickly answers the question, as the Holy Spirit is faithful, as Christ in him is faithful, he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then would the mind. I myself serve the law of God. That mind is the mind of Christ. With the mind of Christ, I serve the law of God. I serve everything about God. I serve and I love everything about the Lord. That's with the mind of Christ. That's the one that Paul said, let this mind be in you. But with the flesh, the law of sin. Therefore, after that, therefore we come to chapter 8 now. There is therefore. Now Paul, in the next nine verses, is going to explain what resurrection life is that we enjoy today which we have today in our souls. We have been brought from deadness to life in the Lord Jesus Christ. He has quickened us to life. And in 1 through 9, he explains that. He explains what goes on in the soul. He says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. This is the resurrection life that's in us. We're not condemned by the law. We're not condemned by sin. We're not condemned by these things. Because of the life of Christ in us. Has nothing to do with the, what the believer did or what he chose or what he wills upon. He looks to his Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he says to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now let's follow his argument. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. You know what that is? Resurrection life. That is the Lord Jesus Christ saying to our soul, I am the resurrection. That is the Lord Jesus Christ saying that your new nature, that me in you, is the hope of glory. It is life. It is what we... We say today, and we re when we get up in the morning, and, and the Lord floods our souls with, with He is risen, He is not, the tomb is empty, He has conquered death, He has conquered all these things, and the bondage of the law and sin has been nailed to the tree. All of these things the Lord quickens to the soul. And that, that new nature in us, Christ in us, is speaking to us today. Yes, you are forgiven. Yes, you are saved. Yes, I finished all things for you. But, there's still something going on in us, right? There's still some kind of warfare going on in us. There's still sin in these mortal bodies. When Christ said it is finished, He certainly finished everything for salvation, but He must have risen from the dead. He was the first fruits, as you'll see that today. You'll see it mentioned twice. He's the one who went first so that all of his children, that's what our text tells us today. If Christ was raised, if the Spirit of Christ dwells in you, he that raised up Christ will raise up your body also. That is the gloriousness of the gospel. So that's what we have this morning. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do. No law could do it. No man could do it. No obedience can do it. No, it, we've all, we all know in ourselves, if we're true to ourselves, if the Lord brings us truth to our soul, we know we can't keep the law. 
We can't open this book and do what the Lord says is what we should do, what we ought to do, and what we must do. We can't do any of those things. For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. That's what we celebrate today. The Lord laid down His life and went to the cross and died for His people to fulfill the law, to fulfill all obedience, to fulfill all things for the child of God. That's the life that we have today. That's the life that the Lord gives us in this life. As we walk on this earth, we have the hope of Christ in us. We have the living faith of Christ in us. We have the faith of the Son of God that tells us that Christ is our Redeemer. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. He's talking to you about that warfare that we have. And I hope you all understand that warfare. I hope it's a warfare that the Lord has revealed to you that sin is horrible. Sin is highness. Sin is something you want to be so far away from, but how you find it in yourself to do it, you don't. You can't. That's the power of the resurrection. That's the power of the resurrection in the soul. To quicken to us there's life in Christ. That Christ has done it for us. For to be carnally minded. To have the mind of the world. To have the mind of our body. That's riddled with sin. To have a physical mind is death. It is death. There's no life in it. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Isn't that what Christ is? I am the way, the truth, and the life. My peace I leave with you. I am the God of peace. I am peace. Isn't that what Christ is to us? And that's what He quickens to us. That's what, that's what resurrection life in the soul is. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. It will never get better. The flesh will always be the flesh. It will never be reformed. Never. So then they that in the, are in the flesh cannot please God. But then we have the summation of our spiritual life. And he says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Now he tells us that's where spiritual life is. That's where our resurrection is, in the Spirit of Christ. In Christ in us, the hope of glory. That is, that is, He has taken the time now. He's talked about this wretched body. He's talked about now He's going to turn His attention to the other side of salvation, the other part of resurrection, the glorious part that we celebrate today, that the tomb was empty, that the body could not be held by the grave. And so now he turns his attention and he says, If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. That's the state we're in right now. Then we come to our text. But if the spirit of him, 
That's the Father. That's the triune God. We know the Scriptures testify that the Holy Spirit raised Him, God the Father raised Him, God the Son raised Him. He raised Himself. He said, destroy this body in three days, I will raise it again. The Lord Jesus Christ the, the triune, the trinity of the, the unity of the trinity here is on display. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, that's the, that's the, the qualifying remark of this text. If Christ's spirit dwells in you, we just heard that's what resurrection life is. If you are a partaker of resurrection life, if the Lord Jesus Christ has made you um, alive and free from dead from sin and trespasses, if He has quickened you, if you have life in Him, I don't know how else to say it. If that's true, then guess what else is true? It comes right here at the rest of the text. He that raised up Christ from the dead, the first one, shall also quicken your mortal bodies. You understand that? Christ did not have a spiritual resurrection. He had no sin. Christ's body came up out of the grave. Christ from the dead, when Christ came, it was His physical body that came forth. Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. He, he starts it if and then and closes it with the same way he started. If the Spirit dwells in you, the Spirit will do it. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. And then we read down as he describes what's going on. In not much detail, the detail is saved for us over when he speaks to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15, which we'll get to. But what he tells us now, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. The flesh didn't do anything for us. It never has. No matter what man believes. No matter what he thinks he can achieve. But if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. If the Spirit of Christ is not in you, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. There's, there's what we call spiritual resurrection life. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He mortifies, puts to death the deeds of the body. Over and over again. As He puts down the deeds of the body and what's going on in our body, He's raising Christ. As we decrease, He increases. And He shows Christ in us the hope of glory. That's the victory in our warfare that He gives us in this life. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Don't ever miss that. The qualifying verse for you to be a child of God is the Spirit of Christ must dwell in you. And if he does, our text tells us today that your mortal body is going to be raised from the dead just as Christ was. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Oh, glory to thy name, Father. Thank you, Father. The spirit of adoption. 
The Spirit of Christ in us. That He has adopted us. That He has taken us from the line of Adam in the, in the death and He has made us alive in Christ. The Spirit all itself also bears witness with our spirit. That's what He does. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. He bears witness with our soul. He bears witness with our inner man. He, be, he bears witness with us saying, You are the children of God. And if children, if we are children, remember, Paul is talking about the resurrection of the body. If we are children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We're joint heirs with Christ. What Christ had, we have. If so be that we suffer with Him, because that is our lot in this life, to suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. That is a future glorification. That we will be glorified. That's what he said. Will be. Yes, let him that glory, glory in the Lord. We glory in the Lord by the spiritual resurrection life that's in us. But there is a future glorification. When you, I mean, you couldn't script, Hollywood couldn't come up with a script like this of what God has done and no man can understand it without the faith of the Son of God. It is, imper it is imperative that the Lord quickens to life the child of God, that He gives him understanding to understand the completeness of salvation that's in Christ Jesus. So now Paul speaks about this future glory. And in verse 18 he says, For I reckon, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Understand, Paul already has spiritual life. He's not speaking spiritually. He already has it. He's already been quickened to life by the Lord Jesus Christ. What he is speaking on now is what will come in the future. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Now, this creature is mentioned here. Now, I've read countless people. I've heard countless people. And you know what? They all contradict each other. Is this the creation? I don't know what this creation is. The only author I read that I wholeheartedly agree with is Robert Hawker, who said, the Lord is silent on what this creature is. We don't know. We don't know what he's referring to here. It's one of those mysteries. And if the Bible is silent on it, I'm going to be silent on it. And I honestly stand before you today I know that this creature, whatever it is, whether it's the creation or whatever the Lord is talking about, He's paralleled it with the sons of God. He's paralleled it with the children of God. And He said that we'll all participate in the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know, look at 22, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Now look at 23. Our definitive verse that hooks back to 11. And not only they, not only this creation, whatever the Lord says that is, whatever's in the mind of the Spirit, 
to testify to you what that is. Whatever it is, it's enjoying the same liberty that you and I will have as the sons of God, which have the first fruits, and not only they, but ourselves also. He turns it back to the children of God now. Ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Why is that so important? Well, the first fruits means exactly what it says. It's the first fruit. Christ was the first fruit. What they had in the Old Testament was this harvest. And the first, the, the best of the fruit that came forth first was offered unto God. That was the first fruit. Which meant the harvest was coming after it. You can't have a first fruit and not have a harvest. So the Holy Spirit is, it says, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, the working of the Spirit in us, the children of God. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves. Did you know that? Did you know that the new nature that's in you now, Christ in you, the hope of glory, is groaning for something? That there's something going on in you that knows it's incomplete? That you have a spiritual life today, but there's something in you, the Holy Spirit is causing you to groan? Why? Why? Well, he tells us. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. The salvation of our body. This thing that is riddled with sin. This thing that, the, that we're told will be raised incorruptible. This thing, we are, we are groaning and waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. Now I want to read a couple things here out of the Word of God. I have some scriptures written down. I want to hear from Job first. And Job said this in Job 19, 25-27. For I know that my Redeemer liveth. Do you hear that? It's just like the words of John in 1 John, uh, how he finishes 1 John chapter 5, and all he keeps saying, we know this, we know that. The children of God know. Why? Because of the first fruits of the Spirit. Because of the Holy Spirit revealing to us what Christ has done. Job is on the other side. Christ hasn't even manifest himself yet. Job was one of the first men ever to walk on this earth. But the Lord revealed to him the resurrection of the body and the resurrection of life in Christ. And he says, For I know that my Redeemer liveth. I know that he lives. And that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. That day is the day of judgment. That day is the final day. That day is when the Lord raises our bodies. When he raises this body incorruptible, when he joins our soul to that body, and we're standing before him on the day of judgment, we're standing before the Father on the day of judgment, and when the Lord looks at us, what is he going to see? He's going to see a glorified body with no corruption and no sin, wrapped in the righteousness of his Son, empowered by the Holy Ghost. That's what he's going to see. Because that's what's going to bring us up out of the grave. And it doesn't matter if we've been eaten by a shark. It doesn't matter if our body's been burned. It doesn't matter if the coronavirus has eaten it away. It doesn't matter. Because the Lord will raise this new glorified body. And we're going to see how that's the same body. It's just been changed. According to the scriptures. And that's what he says. I know. Job says, I know it. 
Look how many years before. I know it. I know he'll stand on the earth. I know that I'll see him again. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh, in the body, shall I see God, when I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another. Mine eyes will behold my glorious Lord, and not another. Though my reins be consumed within me, though I'll be in awe, though I'll look at God and I'll be like, oh my goodness, I will be in complete, I don't want to use the word shock, I want to use the word awe. I want to use it in a holy awe, in a holy fear of the Lord. Paul says it in Philippians 3, 20 and 21, he says, For our conversation is in heaven. For whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're looking for. We look to Christ now for deliverance. We look to Christ again for deliverance. That's the hope of the resurrection. For our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body. That's what Paul said. This vile body, the one that we just talked about, that is riddled with sin, that Paul said, that I find in me, there's a, these members are full of sin, and they serve the law of sin. He shall change that vile body, that it may be fashioned, listen to this, like unto his glorious body. First fruits. That's Christ. He went first. And the glorified body that he rose in, is the glorified body we'll have. And we'll talk more about that in just a minute because Paul lays it out perfectly. That it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. You know what that is? All things. That means all the way to the completeness of salvation. Well, we just is there anything too hard for the Lord? We just got done saying, does it matter where our body is? Does it matter if it returns back to dust? Does it matter? Is it too hard for the Lord to raise a new body? To raise a spiritual body? Is it? Is it too hard for the Lord to do that? Is unbelief telling us that that could never happen? I hope not. He is able even to subdue all things unto Himself. John said it this way in 1 John 3, 2. He said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. You know that? It does not appear for you and I yet what we shall be. Because when I look at you, I see a body riddled with sin. When you look at me, you see a body riddled with sin. It does not appear what we shall be. We don't know. I can't, tell, I can't even, even begin to describe to you this body that's going to be raised with incorruptible. All I've ever seen in my life is my corruptible body. But we know that when He shall appear, there it is again, when the Lord shall appear on that day, we shall be like Him. Because why? Because He's the first fruits. We shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. Alright, now let's turn over to 1 first, first Corinthians. Let's turn over to 1 Corinthians 15. And we know this passage. We 
We usually come here every... It's the definitive passage on the resurrection of the body. It is. What we'll do, I think this morning, we'll just start... Let's just start in 16, because it's a lengthy chapter. I I, uh, commend it to your reading, but today we'll just uh, hop around a little bit. Verse 16, For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised? Ask yourself that question. If the dead rise not, he's been making the argument that there is a resurrection of the body. And he says, you know, if the dead rise not, then is Christ not raised? Are Are you saying Christ wasn't raised? And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ. Don't you love those words? Fallen asleep. That's what the Bible calls the believer. He enters into sleep, waiting for the redemption of his body. And if Christ be not raised, okay, then, then they which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. If that's all we had, if we didn't, if we if we have this groaning that's inside us, if the Bible is correct, if the Holy Spirit is correct this morning, and he says that we are groaning within ourselves, waiting for the adoption of the body. And if we're not to have that, how miserable is that after what the Lord said he would do? I'm telling you. The Lord has provided everything for His children. He always has. He always has. When he, that tomb was empty, He assured us of complete salvation. He, he assured us of spiritual resurrection. He assured us of bodily resurrection. He did it all. He did it all. But now is Christ risen from the dead. And become the first fruits of them that slept. That's it. He's the first fruits. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die. That's every one of us. We have all fallen in Adam. Even so, in Christ shall all be made alive. All of us have been quickened to new life. All of us have been given spiritual... Well, not all of us. I mean, I'm sure that there's some that today are walking this earth that have not been given the new birth yet. But all of us will be made alive that way. But every one of the children of God will also have the resurrection of the body. That's what Paul's going to tell us here. And then he says, But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, Afterwards, they that are Christ at His coming. That's when the Lord comes again. When the Lord comes and ushers in that final day. And oh, you know, when I was young, I worried about that. I worried about those scriptures that always said, you know, uh, that every man must stand before the Lord and answer for the things done in his body or answer the sins that he committed. And I thought about that. I was like, man, how does that really fit in? I'm going to be so ashamed of the things that I did. Well, that's not. I'm not standing there before God in this body. My sin's been nailed to the tree. My sin's been put away. I'm standing before the Lord in a glorified body that's incorruptible, that has no sin. It's His work. He's washed it. He's made it clean. He's presented it to the Father. Spotless. 
Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Has death been destroyed yet? No. How can it be? Read your headlines. Look how many are dying today of this virus. Look how many people are dying all over the world. Death is still here. Spiritually, it's been put down. Spiritually, we understand Christ is coming up out of the grave. He conquered it. But death is still here. But when the Lord, this is the end, this is the, the final end as he raises the body. Death has no more victory. That's how this whole chapter ends. Where is your victory? I mean, Christ is the victory. Where is your sting? Where is your grave? Where is your victory? You don't have one. That's what he says right here. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. And praise be to God. There is an end of death. Remember, the child of God sleeps. But it's appointed unto all men to die, right? And that's what it's called for the child of God to sleep in the grave. What are we waiting on? The adoption of the body. Like I said, for brevity's sake, I know we've been going on. Let's just pick back up now in 35. Now this is the definitive... I mean, Paul, he leaves nothing out. He, he, he's got the argument in front of him. He's got everything. He lays it out as the Holy Spirit revealed it to him. Some man will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Well, we're curious creatures. That's what we do. We ask. Well, you know, I've heard about my body. I mean, what body is it going to be raised? I don't... I mean, this one's full of sin. What's it going to look like? I mean, what... How's it going to be? Well, well, Paul, Paul lived in the same body you and I live in, one riddled with sin. We just read that. Paul don't know what a resurrected body looks like. He's dependent upon the Holy Spirit to reveal to him what it's going to look like. So he says, Thou fool. It's foolish to ask that question. That which thou sowest is not quickened. What you look at that body that you have now in the mirror, that's not what's quickened to life. That's not what's broken. That's not what's brought to life. That's not what's going to stand in that day. That's not it. Except it die. It must first go to the ground. Does that bring a scripture to your mind? Brings one to mind. This is what Jesus said in John 12, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Well, I don't know how many farmers we have or how much we know about corn, but when if you dig a hole and you put a corn seed in there and you went back the first day, it'd be dead. If you went back the second day, it'd be dead. If you went back the third day and you dug it up, there would be life. There would be germination. That's the way the Lord made the corn. Because it signified Christ going into the grave for three days and being risen again for life. To give life. That's what we're being told here. That there is life for the child of God. Physically and spiritually. And that thou which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body shall be, but bear grain. It may, by, it may chance of wheat or of some other grain. Now listen to this argument that he puts forth. 
And, and here's the definitive answer. I mean, if you're still asking what kind of body, here's your answer. But God giveth it a body as it has pleased Him. That's it. This is the body that has pleased God to raise from the dead. And then He's going to describe what that body is. And to every seed His own body. All flesh is not the same flesh. Now all this argument is to show you that there's a difference between the physical body we have now and the glorified body, which he calls the spiritual body, that will be raised. All flesh is not the same flesh. But there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differeth from another star in glory. Notice that, but there's still stars. So also is the resurrection of the dead. What? He says, so also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. The body goes down in, into the grave in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. Same body goes down one way, other way. Stars are the stars. One shape this way, one's that way. This body goes down corruptible. It's raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, raised in glory. That's the glory that's spoken of. The future glory of the body. It's a glorious body. It's a glorified body. It is sown in weakness. Don't you feel it today? Don't you feel the weakness? Now, maybe you young people don't. I do know I hear you from time to time. Tell me when you're working out and you're doing a lot of heavy things. Oh, my body hurts. There's a reason for that. Sin dwells in your body. It's breaking down this body. It is sown in weakness. It goes down in the grave in weakness. It is raised in power. It comes forth powerful. It comes forth incorruptible. It comes forth glorified. Glorious. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And he just explained what they were. The natural body goes in the grave. The spiritual body is that which is incorruptible, which is powerful, and which is raised in incorruption, and which is glorified. You say, well, that's not a good enough description for me. Well, think of the body Christ was raised in. Think of all the things that Christ partook in. But we weren't there. We didn't see it either. What do, how do we understand this? You think it's a trite answer? It's not. It's by faith. It's by the faith of the Son of God who reveals to His children, this is how it shall be. Because if the Spirit of Christ is in you, that's what our text said today, if the Spirit of Christ is in you, then this is what He has for you. If He dwells in you, He's going to quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. That's our text. That's what's being lived out here. And so it is written, The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit that was not first, which is spiritual. He wasn't. 
but that which is natural, and after that which is spiritual. That's our natural body, our spiritual body. The first man is of the earth, he's earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also of the heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, as we were in Adam, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Isn't that what Paul said in, in Philippians 3.20 that fashioned like unto his glorious body? That's what that said right there. We shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood, this body that you're looking at, that you're so accustomed to, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood, in the way that we know it today, in the way that we understand it today, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption, because then it goes immediately back to corruption. It is corrupted. Neither doth corruption inherit corruption. But I show you a mystery. I want you to understand that word mystery. Paul used it often to speak about what? The gospel. This is the gospel. It's the mystery of the gospel. Christ came in the flesh, was raised from the tomb. He ascended up into heaven. And this is what we're talking about today. Because He is risen. Because He is the resurrection and the life. Because he, because of what He's done, this is what He has procured for you and I. This is what we have in this life, and this is what we have in that day. And this is what we have in eternal life with our triune God. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, when it's all said and done. Paul's written about it all throughout his letters to the Thessalonians. He's read it, wrote it many times about this final day. When that time comes, the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be... That's the whole key. That's what he told us in Philippians. That's what he's explained to us gloriously here. We shall be changed just like the first fruits, just like the shepherd of the sheep, just like the head of the body. That's what we have to rejoice in today. The resurrection of our Lord. This is what it means in a complete salvation. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. That's a must performed by Him. Remember, it's the same Spirit that will do this. It's the Spirit of Christ. It's the Spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written in Isaiah. Death is swallowed up in victory. Remember we just read that. He must reign until all enemies are put under his feet. What is the final enemy to be destroyed? Death. When is it destroyed? 
when the body is raised anew, when the body is raised on that day, there won't be any more death. The children of God will be ushered into heaven to have eternal life, and those outside of Christ will have eternal damnation. There'll be no death. No more death. I'll say this as a side note. Those who are in eternal perdition will wish there was death. But for the child of God, death is swallowed up in the victory of our Lord. That's what we celebrate today. He's alive. He is risen from the dead and He's alive. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Where is it? You don't have one. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the, is the law. And all of that has been dealt with in Christ. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we proclaim today. Victory in Christ. Christ our Passover. Christ our complete salvation. Christ has done it all. Therefore, therefore, my beloved brethren, oh, be stand steadfast in this truth. Be steadfast that your Lord and Savior has provided everything for you. Be steadfast in the Spirit of Christ that dwells within you to testify to the mind of Christ that He has done it all. And He's unmovable, always abounding, in what? The work of the Lord. I hope that's what you've heard today is the work of the Lord. No creature in this. Just what the, what the Lord does to the creature. Because it's the work of the Lord. It's all of Him. He is what we, he is what we celebrate this day. His life. The life of the Father, the life of the Son, and the life of the Holy Ghost. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So children of God, live. Live this day in the power of His resurrection and know that He has done it all and provided everything for you if you be in Christ, both body and soul. Dear Heavenly Father, may You add Thy power and add Thy clarity for the praise of your holy name. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.